The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Good morning. How you doing? It's so good to see you guys. Man, I'm, I, I, uh, you're in for a treat today, I'm, I'm telling you. But before we get to that, before we get to the treat, I'm going to talk to you about something that was on the video. It's the back-to-school announcement. Um, just so you're aware, those supplies are due in two weeks. Um, two weeks from today is when all those come in. And uh, August 9th, so yes, August 9th is two weeks away. Parents, we're over the hump of summer. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. It has flown by, and I'm ready to see our kids back in school. I'm ready for back-to-school season for our church, except for my daughter, because she's just she's less than a month away from, from moving out. Um, so August 1st is Saturday. And August starts the month of change for the Oxley household. Um, so be praying for us because we are marrying one off on the 15th and shipping Abby off on the 24th. And uh, so, yeah, our dog is going to get all kinds of attention when we get home. He's loving it. He's already like, count, he's doing a countdown for Abby leaving. He's like, I'm going to get 100% of the attention on August 26th. Um, but no, uh, the, the ninth, I, I got to get back on track. The ninth is uh, when those supplies are due. And, and thank you for partnering with us to help bless kids in our community so they can go back to school well prepared. I told you you're in for a treat this morning. Um, uh, you're going to hear from a speaker this morning who has become a friend of mine over the last five to six years. We met him when Abby started going to Harvest Christian Academy, and I hear so many of you tell Heather and I how good of a parent we are because you see how good Abby is and how just godly and mature she is for a young woman, and we didn't do that alone. Um, she enrolled, we enrolled her at Harvest Christian Academy, and, and the headmaster, Terry Kaywood, um, has really made an incredible investment in the lives of the students in that facility, in that educational environment, and uh, we've been so blessed to partner with with you at Harvest Christian Academy, and this morning, um, you're going to hear from Terry K. Wood, who's the headmaster, but he's also a creaker. He started coming in January, and uh, we were joking in the green room before because he said it's like a, one of those roach traps that's the, got the glue on it. He's like, you get in, but you can't get out. And I'm like, that's what we pray for. Um, <laughs> we pray for you to get in, and like, no, we're not serving Kool Aid or anything. So if you're visiting, it's not like that. I realize your first impression can be weird. Okay, let's let's back up on the weirdness. Anyway, before I really make a fool of myself, um, would you welcome Terry Kaywood? Thank you, Matt. Ron, you see how easy that hug was? It wasn't. It wasn't bad. And I and I'm not a hugger either. So uh, we're. We're making progress here at the creek. Do you notice that Matt couldn't decide um, whether we became friends five or six years ago? So apparently there was some point in time after you enrolled your daughter that, you know, you gave some distance there. But I do, I do appreciate the opportunity. You do not realize how difficult it is for a pastor to allow somebody else to speak to the congregation that they feel responsible for. Because you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth. You know, there's no delay and all that kind of thing. So I appreciate the, the trust and the friendship, and now I appreciate you being uh, my pastor. He's got a sweet thing going here. He gets to come on Sunday mornings wearing blue jeans, untucked shirt, teach, preach. No wonder you started a church. You know, a church plant right there. You just didn't want to wear the tie and so forth. It is an honor to be here, Pastor Matt. We appreciate you folks 
uh, worshiping with us at the creek this morning. And we pray that God, through His Word, would minister to you. The Holy Spirit is there to convict us, to teach us, uh, to allow us to have the strength that we need to carry on our relationship with Jesus Christ, all during the work week and the school weeks that are coming ahead of us. We're going to look this morning at 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 with this phrase of call to participate. And Ron mentioned earlier, there are Bibles in the little bookshelves in the back, so if you don't have one, the creek will give you a gift of a Bible. You can look online with your version or whatever Bible application you look at. Pastor Matt wants to make sure that everything that occurs in this platform is based on the Word of God. Uh, and that's one of the reasons they push this idea to make sure we're looking at Scripture. As you turn to that passage and get ready to go, think back with me for a moment about a time when you may have been in PE class or on the playground in recess in elementary school. It's one of those days where the teacher, the coach, has said we're going to divide up in teams and they pick a couple of captains and the captains start calling the names of students that are in the gym or out on the playground. And for some of you, that was a wonderful experience. Because your name was always called first and you're sitting there today going, yes, I remember those glory days. You know, I was the most athletic person in PE. But for some of you, it was a miserable moment because it was an agonizing time as name after name were called and yours was not called because you were just not good at whatever that particular game was. And sometimes you didn't even have the dignity of your name being called to participate because one of the captains would get down to the scrubs and say, ah, you just take the rest. We'll beat you anyway. It was a painful time. Well, as I married my wonderful wife, Sally, who sat through the first uh, sermon, early, the, the red eye. Uh, there is a service before this, you know, the early, the early one. So you have the red eye here at the creek, but she came to both. She's still here, and my fam- some of my family has joined us. Her parents are here. But I want to tell a story about my father-in-law, Dick Blair. He's a retired pastor. One of the intriguing things about him as I got to know him is I heard the story where when he was in grade school, he would choose those students when he was the captain that never had their name called. He wasn't worried about winning the meaningless game, but he wanted those students to have the dignity of being called first, to be called to participate. So today we're going to look at this passage in 2 Peter, and we're going to look at the idea that describes our call to participate in kingdom business. So this is written by Simon Peter, one of those that's the apostles, and he says this in verses 1 and 2. To those who through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. So the first point we want to make out of this passage of Scripture is that we are called to participate in righteousness. We're called to participate in righteousness. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Matt was preaching through this concept that we are perfect by design. It is God's design in our life that allows us to have a relationship with him. It is nothing that we have done. It is not our ability, our appearance, our activity, our work effort. So here, Peter makes it very clear that our faith is through the righteousness of God. And once again, nothing that we can do. It's through the work of the Son, Jesus Christ. So in that verse, we, see, we, we do not see the words earned or qualified. We didn't earn or qualify 
for this opportunity to be in the family of God. We didn't earn or qualify because we have any righteousness. Instead, in that verse, you see the words, through and received. Those are words that indicate the action of another. So we receive through God. We receive from God, made made available through His Son, Jesus Christ. So like in the PE class scenario, if we were dependent upon our own abilities to spiritually be, to be called into righteousness or to spiritually be called into a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'm afraid we would be waiting in that same dreadful silence and the name, our names would never be called to have a relationship with God. But you and I have the opportunity to be called to righteousness. Therefore, God allows us He calls us, first and foremost, to participate in righteousness. Now, sometimes we call that salvation. But you can't move into a relationship called a believer or Christianity or even really you shouldn't even bother attending church until you first come to that understanding that I've got to experience this righteousness of God to start my relationship. God calls you to participate in His righteousness. And I hope you have responded or do respond to that particular call. But it doesn't stop there with that call to participate in righteousness. Notice as we go on through 2 Peter. We'll read verse 2 again, but now we'll go through, down through verse 4. It says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has given, has, his divine power has given us everything we need for godly life For our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate in divine nature. Having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. So let's stop just a second and look at that. Because the second thing I want to point out in this passage of scripture. Is not only are we called to participate in righteousness. But then... We are called to receive and acquire knowledge of God. After first responding to the call to participate in this relationship through righteousness, we now have the opportunity to increase our knowledge. Notice what is available through this knowledge. He gives us a long list of things here. He says there's grace, peace, godly life, very great and precious promises, divine nature, and even escaping corruption. Wow! All sounds pretty good. How come we don't usually experience that kind of lifestyle? All these experiences are only unlocked as our knowledge of God increases. It does not promise a perfect life, you'll notice, But it does tell us that knowledge draws us towards a Christ-like response to what's going on in the world. So for just a minute, let's go back to PE class. You see, sometimes in that scenario, our names may be called, but we say, I I don't want to play. And we go sit in the bleachers or try to find some place where nobody will notice that we're not participating. Our names are called, but we choose not to participate. Maybe we were uncoordinated. And I know a few of you, and that's probably still true. But maybe we just didn't know the rules. 
Maybe we didn't know how to play. No one's ever taught us the rules. No one's ever showed us how to play that game or that competition. So there was a time in that environment where we were trapped by our fear and did not participate because we didn't understand how to do it. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like an application coming for our spiritual life as well. We are so trapped at times by our fear of what the world's going to do and how this relates to believers. And we have not responded to this call to receive and acquire knowledge of God. And since we don't know what to do, we just sit on the sidelines. We just become church attenders. We don't get involved. We never have a real relationship with Him. We're afraid to do it. We pursue wisdom and secrets to to mankind, yet we never read the Word of God. So because we've not done anything to increase our knowledge of God, we sit on the sidelines and we say, no, I I don't want to participate. Now here's... Here's a point in my life where I've got to make a personal application. For 30 years now, I've worked for a Christian education organization. First, Southwestern Seminary, then a Baptist college in Georgia, and now for the last eight years, the opportunity to work at Harvest Christian Academy. The goal of those organizations is to help unlock this idea of receiving and acquiring the knowledge of God. Otherwise, you're just stuck. You just... Get on your knees and you pray to receive Christ and you don't know what to do, but you don't ever do anything about it. And you kind of bump into life and you think, man, this just isn't working. I don't know what to do. Nothing good ever goes my way. I don't, like, I don't, hear, I don't feel like he's hearing my prayers. So at, at Harvest Christian Academy, we take this approach that everything we do should help our students do this. Receive and acquire the knowledge of God. We want to help them unlock things. Now, it's one of the best jobs I've ever had, but it's also one of the hardest Because, as you know, children, your children, our students, are very creative. During the summer, we have to spend time rewriting our policy manuals. Because our students are so creative, they come up with all these new ways to break the rules. You know, they do that for you at home, too. So we have this parent-student handbook, and we've threatened the students, and we said, you know, as we rewrite this in the the summer, we're going to start putting names with these new guidelines to protect things. So, like, you know, Abby Oxley graduated this year. She's off to Texas A&M next month, much to the Oxley chagrin. But there should be this Abby Oxley rule that says, no, just because your uniform shirt is short enough, it doesn't look like it's tucked in. You know, there's all those little things that students want to get away with during that time. But in all seriousness, our desire is to make sure that we're performing the academic education that students need to go to college from this biblical worldview. It's called kingdom education. You can't separate the two. We want to make sure they've at least heard and understood the knowledge of God in every application of life, whether it's math, science, history, etc. So wherever they go to school, whatever God calls them to do, they can participate in that lifestyle with Him because they didn't stop with righteousness, they've added to it the knowledge of God. So I'll stop with the advertisement for those things. A big shout out to all of our teachers. Who's a teacher here? Public school, private school, charter school, you name it here. Give them a hand around because, man, they're... If, 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 you've never, if you've never taught for a year or if you've never lived with a teacher for a year, you have no idea 
The years, the, the years, it seems like years, the, the hours that they spend every week investing in making sure they're prepared and graded in classroom management. And it gets harder and harder every year as whatever becomes difficult. Either the rules change or the resources aren't there. So we appreciate our teachers because even in a public school environment, you as believers are in the mission field. Our kids are facing cultural things that I didn't have to face when I was a teenager. It's more and more difficult to teach. It's more and more difficult to change a life. So I applaud your efforts, and I appreciate those of you that are involved in that particular uh, industry. Now let's move on. We know now that in this chapter, we've been called to participate in righteousness. Then there's the challenge laid down that we have to receive. We're called to receive and acquire the knowledge of God. Otherwise, it's stagnated. But then he doesn't stop there. He goes on in verse 5, and he says this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And then, man, he likes lists. He says you need to add to your faith goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. Are you tired yet? Whew, can't do all that. But then he goes around and shows us what happens if you're not involved in maturing as a disciple of Christ. He says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, that will keep you from being ineffective, unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whoever does not have them is nearsighted, blind, and forgetful of the fact that they've ever even been forgiven. So he kind of gives two scenarios. If you read this particular section of verses in context, I believe it it brings us to our third point, which is called being called to courageous productivity. He gives a list of things that hopefully, as we're reading the Word of God, spending time with the Word of God, sitting under godly biblical teaching, we start to increase in our maturity as a believer, and it's not just faith anymore. It's goodness. It's perseverance. It's self-control. It leads to this concept of godliness. We start to see our ch- ourselves change. Our kids, our, our spouses start to see something uh, quality occur in our lives just because we're increasing that knowledge. But he gives us this warning that if we don't, there's all these negatives. And I don't know which you are. I don't know if you like to focus on the positive or if you like to focus on the negative. But if you focus on the negative, he's, he's given us a mouthful. You'll be ineffective, unproductive, nearsighted, blind, and forgetful. That sounds like me when I was supposed to run an errand for my wife. What'd you say? You know, I'm having to text from the grocery store. The few times I ever have to go because she takes care of all of that for our family. Thank you, baby. So if we read this in context, though, we don't have to concentrate on this list of good things that we don't think we're ever going to accomplish. And we don't have to concentrate on this list of negative things that we hope we're not, but sometimes afraid we are. Instead, we focus on the concept of we're called in this relationship with Christ to be courageously productive. Are there any list makers in the house? The to-do list people? All right. I mean, some of you are just not afraid to list that. Some of you listed this morning before you came to church. Man, if I'm called on from the platform, I'm raising my hand. I'm good to go. You knew ahead of time because you prepared. My family gives me a hard time for my list. There's a list on the counter right as the boys come down the stairs, and I just have this dream world that they're going to look at it every now and then. 
you know. But it just never seems to happen. You have to verbally, you know, give them, give them the list. I was able to mark three things off before I came to church this morning. It was wonderful. Just a great thing. The employees, that, that there's, there's some of the folks here that work with me at Harvest Christian Academy, and they dread my list. You know, it takes me forever to type them out. And when you get it, it's like, man, is, what, is that the 10-year goal? Or do you expect us to accomplish that in the next 30 days? We get a little carried away at times. But the reason we make lists is that we want to get the good stuff done and we want to avoid wasting time. We're trying to prioritize. We're trying to make life better for everybody. Instead, we beat you up with our list. So it's hard to do those things. It's hard to be productive when there's so many distractions. And man, I have never experienced a distraction like the one I'm about to show you. All right. Have you heard of this little game called 1010? All right. Don't go there. My son came home from A&M and he said, hey, dad, you might want to download this, you know, in, in some downtime. It's kind of fun. Oh, don't. It's addictive. All right. Stay away from it. It sucks the brain power right out of you. All right. If I had spent as much time receiving and acquiring the knowledge of God as I've spent on 1010 in the last 30 days. Wow. The sermon you would have heard this morning. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do it because now we carry like small uh, computers in our purses and in our pockets and on our belts and you have access to everything all at once and you're inundated with all these sounds and emails and Instagrams and, and you post and you tweet and you, it, it's hard. So at some point in time, you have to decide how in this culture do I become this courageously productive. Well, let me, let me give you an example because I don't want to leave you squandering out there going, this is impossible. If you think of, of courageous productivity, one example is right here in our church, the Creek. The Creek Church has developed the sheepdog, uh, whatever you call it, security team. <clears throat> this is a program, a serious, well-trained program of hand-selected volunteers who choose to participate in the call to protect the flock. And if you read the list there in verse 5... The ultimate goal of that list of good things is to come up with this concept of real love. Well, having known Pastor Matt for six years, and apparently friends for five, but having known him for six years, one of the things that I, that I know about him is that he loves the Word of God. And he loves the Word of God so much that he risked the opportunity to, to plant a church so that he could love on people as they allowed Christ to impact their lives. Well, as he looks at the culture around and as his ministry team looks at the culture around, do you realize it's becoming dangerous to attend church? Do you realize it's becoming dangerous to, to, to claim yourself to be a believer of Jesus Christ? In a world where you can't even sit in a, movie theater, in a movie theater in Louisiana without the fear of being shot or a Bible study in Charleston, South Carolina, the handwriting's on the wall. America is no longer a safe religious environment if you're a believer. It's the only religion that's not tolerated anymore. So this church in Forthrot has said, let's do something to make sure that when we gather, we gather in a safe environment and we're going to protect ourselves from the corruption of the world, just like it said earlier in this passage. So I applaud the fact that the church has prepared in advance and that men and women from this church have volunteered and selected and gone to the training to be the security protocol so that we can come freely worship and read the word of God. That is an example of courageous productivity. And you can do... So I applaud you, sheepdog. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, you can give him a round of applause. <laughs> but you can start smaller than that if you want. Find that place where you make sure you've got a relationship with Christ. Then you move to understanding that He wants to feed you. He manifests Himself to us. We receive the knowledge of God. Then you feel empowered and gifted to do something on His behalf. But some of you, probably the list makers, some of us, we want to fast forward to where we're productive. And we skip the whole idea that there has to be a point in our life where we experience a relationship with Jesus Christ. We skip the whole idea that we have to study and meditate and pray and figure out what this relationship looks like. We just want to jump over here and be productive. Man, you just burn out. There's nothing there. It's just, it's just hollow. It may feel good at the moment because you're serving but there's no real relationship with Christ. And eventually you just walk away going, that was a wasted effort because nothing changed me. So make sure you don't rush to this call to courageous productivity too quickly. But once you learn, read, spend time under this teaching here at the church, you're going to feel the call to serve and you have the opportunity to respond. So let's look at the last part of this, the last two verses. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, in verse 10 and 11, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the fourth statement we're going to make here is the idea of confirm your calling. I believe it's on the screen, but it may not be on your little sheet. They missed it. So it can be 3A, right there between 3 and 4. This concept of confirm your calling is in that passage of Scripture. We know now that we cannot earn our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We can't earn it. We actually participate once God invites us into that relationship. He graciously allows us to become his child. So this is the concept of confirmation. And now we're learning how to respond accordingly. So do any of you know what those four little letters are on that invitation you receive in the mail, the whole RSVP thing? Nobody here. Okay. Well, my wife may be the only one. <clears throat> RSVP is French. Get this. For respondez s'il vous plaît. As eloquently butchered by a Texan. All right? But that means something like please reply. I always thought that if somebody invited you over, they just meant come on. You know, show up. We're good to go. We fry fish. We go do something fun, whatever. My wife helped me understand that it's polite when it has the RSVP, that you actually tell them in advance, I'm confirming that I'm coming. Actually, I grew up in Palo Pinto where you didn't wait for an invitation. You just went and hung out, you know. And I learned that that is just not acceptable. So I appreciate my wife. She's cultured me in more ways than she actually knows. And now we RSVP, and I hope you will too. So in your relationship with God, how do we confirm that we understand that we've been invited to be a child of God? Since God has sacrificed his son to atone for our sins through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to participate in righteousness by receiving and acquiring the knowledge of God, then by becoming courageously productive. And those things confirm our understanding that we have accepted his invitation. You see, we don't earn it. 
But we're saying to God, thank you so much for what you've done in my life. I want to actively serve. I want to actively participate. I'm confirming my relationship with you because you have changed me. I now look more like verse 5 with those list of good things than verse 6, 7, and 8 of those list of negative things. God, I want to be a part of your family. I'm looking forward to the eternity to it as well. I'm confirming my calling by becoming the mature Christian that can now participate in service and ministry. So this morning, I'll leave you with this phrase. A healthy relationship with Christ is a call to action. A healthy relationship with Christ is a call to action. So today, please choose intentional involvement in God's kingdom. It's up to us. We come to this room today from lots of different backgrounds. Some of you grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Uh, My wife's father was a pastor. We went to church many times. We didn't want to be there. None of that changed my life until I accepted the invitation to participate. So today, you're called And I hope today that you'll choose to respond to the call to participate that's on your life. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to be a child of God. We don't understand it all. It's hard to explain. But you have allowed us to be adopted back into a perfect relationship with you. I thank you for this church that allows the true word of God to be spoken. And I pray today that we will all evaluate on our own level which part of this calling do we have to respond to? Do we need to respond to the very first call of righteousness where we accept you as our Savior? Do we have to stop and make sure that we're receiving and acquiring the knowledge of God? Or is it time for us to step out in some productivity? God, today, we thank you. We are SVP. We confirm our calling on our lives and we're ready to respond. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.